You're listening to the Athletic Motion Golf Podcast. I'm Mike Renato, and I'm here with my good buddy and co-founder in AMG, Sean Webb. We have one goal with this podcast, to help you improve your game. We're going to do that by showing you what the best players in the world do, and then show you how to incorporate those same moves into your own swing. And we're going to do it all in 15 minutes or less. Today's episode is brought to you by Live View Golf. We use the Live View Pro every day in lessons because it gives our golfers the necessary feedback for improvement. The Live View Pro is like having a swing studio in your pocket. It's a tool we recommend to anyone serious about improving their swing. Check it out at liveviewsports.com backslash AMG to get $40 off at checkout. Sean, we got our stopwatch on, started at 15 minutes. And I think, you know, now that most people are getting back out and playing the game and and courses are getting back open and the weather's nice, that it's good to talk about some playability and some playing of some golf shots and how to improve our efficiency and proficiency at certain different shots. And I think one of the shots that, you know, in playing lessons or, or just in short game lessons that you see golfers struggle with, and, and it may be the toughest wedge shot for most golfers, it's that I always call it the the gray zone shot. It's that 50 to 60 yard shot where, you know, do I hit a three quarter full shot or do I hit like a hard kind of distance wedge shot? It's that where does the technique stop from one and start with the other? And, and golfers just try to avoid that shot like the plague. And when they have it, they're really not sure how to play it. Yeah. It's like no man's land for it's most people. Big time no man's land. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they'll they'll lay back to 120 yards to have a full shot. They'd much rather do that than have a 60 yard shot, which um, you're giving up too much because a good wedge practitioner will wear you out from 60 if you're back at 120. You won't have any chance against them. Yeah, I mean it's the, it's no different than you know teeing off 50 yards behind somebody mm-hmm. over the course of a month, six months, a year. You're going to get worn out if you're spotting somebody that much distance anywhere on the golf course from putting all the way to driving yeah a good wedge player can stuff those 60 yard shots in there and i think most of the the deal is just the concept issue um what what normally happens i grew up on a really short golf course it's longer now we had a guy donate a couple million dollars a few years ago to stretch it out a little bit it's a it's a nine hole course up on the island where i grew up in maine it was a par 31 so i mean everybody had wet these half wedges in their hands all day and man i saw some wedge shots over the years just you start seeing okay this is really hard for people um and even you know growing up it was it, it got me good at the shot because i had to hit it all the time right and i think what i saw the most out of people just looking back and even playing it in the last couple of years watching people hit a lot of these shots and even in lessons they take a full backswing and then they try to regulate or govern the downswing kind of slow it down and and i can see it in my mind's eye a guy kind of takes it back full and then he tries to like just slow it down enough and it's disastrous so that well, that to me is the way not to do it. it it's it's maybe the shot if you could go back in the annals of of golf um verbiage right it may be the shot where the the term you decelerated on and originated from. You decelled, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? The, the chili dip came from much closer, but this is the decel shot decel. because golfers are not sure, like, what kind of shot is it? Is it a full shot yeah. with a little bit taken off? 
to take some off. Yeah, I mean, you take more club. What do you do? And then, and then once you do that, I mean, you're bringing in the belly. You're bringing in the skull. You're bringing in all kinds of stuff. And it's it, it goes back to that idea of it's all about impact. And no, it's not because you're not going to play this shot well if if you're only thinking about impact with regards to you don't have time to correct your golf swing for a 50 yard shot. You better be pretty well organized if you're going to be good at this shot. Yeah. And you make a good point. I think most of it starts with the setup. Yeah. You know, it's, um, you know, I'll just kind of walk through it real quick because I'm sure people are like, okay, well tell us how to do it. So (laughs) (laughs) we know what we're doing wrong. Um, so I think the first thing is, you know, the stance width comes in a little bit, but let's, let's uh, get the stance a little bit, you know, feet a little closer together. And the main thing is, um, to favor the left side with your weight. So let's say if normally you're 50, 50, let's go 65, 60, 65% weight on the left foot. And the trick to the weight shifting here is that you really don't want much on. It's almost like you're going to stay on your left side without any appreciable weight shift. Um, to me, when I give somebody that advice, they immediately get better at these because they're, you can take length off the swing and still make good contact if you don't have a big mass or weight shift to the right. You can get away with that shift and, and it's ideal for the full swing because you're trying to generate maximum speed, you know, to have the shifting to the right, you know, the, the more of a movement there. But with these shorter shots, you want to favor the left side and kind of keep it on the left side so you can make a shorter swing. You don't have that extra time to get back to the left foot. And to me, that's the number one, that's the first key concept in figuring this shot out. I mean, it's such an important point. I'm glad you brought that up because we've captured, I mean, maybe tens of thousands by now of golfers on force plates. And when you when you see a golfer hit a driver and when you see him hit a seven iron and then you see him hit these little wedge shots, what you're typically going to see is the first half of that pressure trace. If you're familiar with the pressure trace, it's just kind of mapping it. It draws this little line between your feet of, of where and when your pressure moves. You're going to see typically that move from address to when that pressure goes to the right foot look identical with most of those clubs. But then you're gonna see the downswing vary drastically. So what golfers are doing is they're making the same takeaway, they're using the same force in the takeaway, and then they're trying to vary the downswing. Uh And what you were just talking about is such an important point. You want to have those downswings be the similar part and the backswings to vary. So with a shot like this, you're not going to be shifting a ton of pressure and weight to the back foot like you would a driver, but you still want to be perched over there on top of it, just like you would coming into impact with a driver. It it creates a familiarity with how you deliver the golf club that is so often missed in just regular golfer swings. We see it all the time with the pros, but the backswing, the first few feet of the backswing is similar, but then the rest of the swing is different. The pros, you're going to see these guys hitting very similar downswing traces throughout the bag in many cases, especially shots that are played off the ground where you really can't tell by looking at the trace if this was a wedge shot or if this was a five iron shot, where most amateurs, you can tell right away <laughs> if, if they're just hung back on that back foot because they don't want to hit it too hard and they're decelerating, That's you're going to know this do. was kind of a, a, a half shot or something like that. So uh, 
hugely critical point you just made about favor the left side because that's where you want to be at impact and knowing that you just don't have the time and you're not trying to generate the speed to really require or need a big shift to the right. It's just not needed. Mm-hmm. I, I think the, the nice part about it is like kind of using the setup and the backswing to, to take some power out of the swing is that you can still be assertive on the downswing. You can you can you can lower the the total power output by changing the the setup and the weight transfer and the stance width, but you can still I, I tell people to be assertive through the ball. There's some there's some speed there with good players from that range that they can be assertive, but it's not adding a whole lot of overall power because they depowered it. That's not really a word, but you understand what I mean. They took the power out the correct way. They still were able to be assertive and hit the ball sixty yards rather than make a big back powerful backswing and having to not be assertive to try to feather it 60 yards and kind of just guide it in there and i think if you can think in those terms um it makes it easier because you know when we try to take a lot off of a shot from a long backswing it, it it's nearly impossible to be consistent so you gave me a hard time when using the word nestle Right, and you come out with depowered. Hold on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google that one. I might try to, De- might try to add that to the English language. But depowered. Your no, wait. your oh, thought was right on the money though. So depowered. yeah, it's just uh, it, it's to one reduce of those... the power of. Oh, <laughs> Look up Nestle. We now we're talking. <laughs> I don't even remember what you were talking about now. <laughs> nonsense on the screen. Sorry. <laughs> so what were we talking well, about? We were talking about depowering the backswing. So yeah. using the setup to take off speed, using the backswing to take off some power so that you can still be assertive coming through. And you see the, the, the good players, they look like they're being more aggressive through the ball, and the bad players are going – and just kind of slowing the club down through the shot. I mean, it was really one of the you, you learn so much when you're able to to work with these tour players and you're and you're able to see them in their environment. And it was it was one of the more shocking things to see or surprising things to see working with good amateurs compared to the good really good short game pros, like the guys who the pros look to as having good short games mm. of just how I would even call it almost aggressive through the ball with yeah. these wedge shots because they have to keep the speed up because mm-hmm. that keeps the spin up. But they're not a, yeah. they're not applying that club head speed to ball speed like they're not trying to increase their smash factor. They still have a low smash factor, but there's a lot of speed there. There is certainly how did you say it? Um assertive. assertive. Yeah, it's assertive. Yes, it's very assertive. It's very positive. It's there's no wishing the, the club mm-hmm. through the ball. I mean, it's a zip through the ball. It's like and, you're striking a match is usually how I think about it. And then you go maybe see like a five handicapper and you're going to see whoosh, just kind of oh, a slow motion, a slow motion kind of uh, don't go too far kind of thing. But it, especially the closer you get, it's very striking to see. But you're exactly right. It It's about how you, you really almost depower the backswing. Now you got me using the word. Yes. You, yeah. <laughs> I knew it was a di- I knew it was a great word. <laughs> so you I got everybody using it. <laughs> so you take that's what we'll call this episode deep power. Depowered. So <laughs> I'm sure that'll get a lot of clicks. Yeah. So uh, 
you're basically setting yourself up to restrict your power. I'm not going to use depowered to restrict the power that you can apply. <laughs> restrict your plates like NASCAR. <laughs> to restrict the power by the narrower stance, the less shift in the backswing. So you can still be positive on the downswing, still have that feeling of moving through the shot without all that extra speed and, and you know, force that's behind the golf club. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, the cool part is uh, we got about, we got enough time left here. So when I was learning how to do this, there was no track man um, to do it with. So I would practice. This gives you a way to practice. I, I would take cones out to the range on the side of the range. It was a little spot where I used to play. I would put cones at, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, up to about 100. And I would practice hitting these shots and I would figure out how long the backswing needed to be. And I would make maybe just a hair longer follow through on each one. Like if I went back to waist high, I would go a little bit longer on the follow through. If I went back to shoulder height, I'd go a little bit longer on the follow through. And I would start gauging using the same assertive rhythm. This I used to call, I used to count one and two, like that one and two. And I would give myself this rhythm and then I would hit 10 balls kind of to each area and figure out, okay, with my nine o'clock backswing, I hit this far. And I mean, that worked for me. Some guys don't, don't use that methodology and you could use your own version of it. But I think the take home is you got to go practice it and kind of figure out where your swing needs to be to hit the ball certain distances. And if you have like a 60 yard, you know, that we started this conversation with like, that's the tough one. You can throttle, you can shorten it a little bit to go 40 and 50, and you can go a little bit longer to go 70 and 80. And that gives you a pretty good span in that no man's land to really improve. That I think that's the key. So what I like to have golfers do is I'll take them out to the range and won't put anything down. Yeah. And just say, okay, make me your most comfortable length swing where you can still feel that positive strike and impact. And we're just going to see how far it goes. And everybody kind of has that one swing. Like if you just roll out of bed, that's kind of like your your half wedge swing or just that little comfortable wedge swing. Let's say it's going 42 yards or 48 or whatever it winds up being. Mm-hmm. All right, that's unique to you. Get really good. Okay, now we've we've got we've got them going 48 yards. All right, let's see if we can do 10 more at 48 or they're really close to it. Okay, now hit 58. Right, and very instinctively, you see a little more aggressive downswing, almost always than you see a much longer backswing. So you see kind of the fine tuning in the length of swing, but you still see this positive strike in the downswing. I think if you can, you, if you can develop kind of this home base, what I like to call it, for your wedge game for each club, and maybe this is a, a 56 for the golfer who's hitting at 48 with that really comfortable swing you can develop that then you've got you've got two or three yardages above 48 that you can do pretty easily and then you'll have two or three below 48 that you can do pretty darn easily and have the same really confident assertive depowered love powered move and if you can get to practicing that and then you do what sean did then you can start putting some cones out and really start to fine-tune yourself then you're going to be salivating to get the ball closer to the hole rather than being the guy who wants to lay back for his full gap wedge or something. And the best part about it is if you work on these wedges, your full swing gets better because to hit these solid, you got to semi be on plane. Yes. It'll make it a lot easier for you. The win-win. All right. That's our alarm going off. We pretty much hit that one on the nail. 15 minutes. Uh, anything else we need to talk about? 
Nope, but uh, like we always ask you to do, if you have time and you're enjoying these podcasts, please leave us a written review over on iTunes and click on the five star. We're trying to help as many golfers as we can, and you can help us do that. And if you have a better term, a more normal term than depowered, please email Sean. <laughs> email uh, Mike at me. <laughs> we'll see you Very guys good. on the next one. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.